This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Well, it's here. Well, it was here. It ends in about 15 minutes. But the Diablo 4 beta, closed beta, not really closed beta, pre-order, hey, if you bought the game already or if you went and bought a double down at KFC beta. Uh, that's the beta that's ending it today at noon. But it happened, and it ran all weekend. And I have a lot to say about it. So let's get to it. I've been thinking for the last couple of days how to handle this episode because it's probably the biggest of the season, given that, you know, we're, we're basking in the aftermath of a big beta, where a whole lot of you, myself included, played a ton of Diablo 4. And because there's so much to talk about, I, I, I was like, well, do I start with gameplay? Do I start with issues that happened in, during the beta, some of the problems they had? Do I talk about classes and how those play do i talk about story or tone you know what i'm just gonna start let's just start for those who did not have a chance to play it and for those that did some of this is going to be a little rehashy for you okay you, you'll know these things but also i'm sure some of your opinions are going to differ and i'm excited to hear from you regarding those um but here's the deal let's talk about tone first because to me the 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 foremost change from Diablo 3 to Diablo 4 is the uh, direction of the game. It is very dark, pretty bleak, both visually and story and all these other sort of tonal elements. It's like rated R compared to 3, which was rated PG-13, which, you know, compared to 2, 2 is rated R. So... I don't know if there's ever been a film series like this. I'm sure there hasn't. I can't think of one. Usually a movie that comes out as R and then later PG or PG-13, it never goes back to R when they do further sequels. I always think of Police Academy in this regard for some reason. It's an old old poll, but some of you will know what I'm talking about. Anyway, it's unusual for a game series to do that. And I would argue that, you know, as much as there were some dark elements uh, edgy, edgier elements in three. This is very much closer to two in terms of um, the feel and the tone of it. And some of you are not happy about this. I already know a few people personally are not happy about the tone. They think that they have overcorrected in this direction. And I disagree. I think they corrected exactly right. I think this is where Diablo should be. And to me, feels the most Diablo-ish. Now, that's me saying a thing having only experienced a big chunk of Act 1, uh, everything beyond that we don't have access to in the beta, so we don't know how further acts go, how Endgame feels, any of that. But I can tell you up to this point that I've played, I think the darker tone is really working for me. Like in spades. This is exactly what I wanted. And I'll get to graphics in a minute, but they they match that tone and they match it beautifully. So, yeah, if you were getting in hoping for a more PG-13 experience, 
uh, you're not going to get it here. That probably means if a parent was going to ask me, is this an okay game for my 10-year-old to play? I would say, you know what? I think your 10-year-old will be fine with Diablo 3. I don't think so much with 4. I think 4 maybe skews a little older. Maybe 12, maybe 13, something like that. So if any of you are parents and you're wondering, that's probably where I'd put it. Let's talk about classes for a second. In the beta, they were we had limited access this uh, last weekend. Next weekend, we get more. But right now, we had... The Barbarian, the Rogue, and the Sorcerer. And uh, although all classes are shown on the main page where you choose a character and start building it, they were just locked. We were locked out of the Druid and the Necromancer, which is unfortunate because those are the two classes I'm looking forward to playing the most. But I was happy to dabble here. I honestly thought I would start with the Barbarian and build that out. I don't know why I thought I'd do that. I just thought I would. My tendency is to go magic first, and then I fiddle with melee later. In Diablo, so much of what even melee characters do, uh, traditionally, they end up having a lot of magic to what they do anyway. So it's not like, you know, it's not like I was going to have a magic-free experience with the Barbarian. But but anyway, when I finally fired it up, I was able to get in after about a 125-minute queue. We'll get into that stuff later as well. The Sorcerer ended up being the first thing I tried. So I made a Sorcerer. I named him Gurp. I, I made him a dude. And uh, I'm Im- I'm impressed. I know we knew this already going in, and we'd seen some leaked footage and some other footage of this. But I'm so imp- not even leaked like stuff Blizzard put out. But I'm so impressed with the character creation stuff. I think the customization is top notch, and it's what you want or expect out of a game with a lot of that sort of thing. What is impressive here, and what it also tells a little bit of a story. But what's impressive here is seeing the level of detail up close. So when you create these characters, I mean, you're right up in their face. You're changing facial features. You can basically make a version of yourself and do a pretty good job of matching your look and your, your hair and your face and your, your skin color and everything else. Like they really, really went crazy with that. The only thing they didn't do is you can't make like a, 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 a really larger barbarian or an underweight barbarian or a, a extra skinny sorcerer or a kind of a chubby sort. You can't do that. That's not an option that I saw. I should say you're so excited to get in there and play that you don't necessarily look at every single detail. But as far as I know, you don't have any kind of body control, but everything that the, that you can think of outside of that is there, be it hairstyles, uh, facial features. Um, it doesn't get down in the nitty gritty of, can I make the nose a little wider? It's not doing that, but, but it's everything I wanted out of a character creator. But more importantly, the story that I think it uh, tells that I alluded to earlier is this game is running that that character creator is in the engine, meaning you are zoomed up on your actual character that will also be out in the world when your camera's pulled way up in a three quarter view camera view. And that tells me that gear and how you look is extremely important to this game's long tail. Unlike Diablo three, where it looked good. But when you zoomed into those characters, it's pretty crusty, right? Pretty low poly. I don't think they ever really had any intentions of that stuff being up close and personal, which I think maybe was a mistake with 3. And maybe a limitation of the graphic engine they were using at the time that they had built for it in 2012. But this is not that. This is very up front and in person and personal with these characters. The Barbarian, the Rogue, and the Sorcerer all looked insane up close in detail. 
And when the game zooms out and is ready to rock, you're the same character. And when you zoom into them, you're looking at those very intricate designs and texture patterns and stuff on their clothes and on their gear, on their weapons. Uh, that's all in the game. So they are not sparing that expense. And I think that is crucially important for the long tail of the game from a financial perspective. What keeps people coming back again and again to Diablo content is the idea of getting new sets, new gear, new looks, new transmogrifications. All of that stuff is huge. I think they know that. I think they built the game uh, thinking of that. And so far, it looks great. Don't expect a bunch of anime, frilly, colorful stuff yet. This stuff is all very dark. It's very broody. It's very much within the tone I just spoke of. And for me, it totally works. Will they later have some way of unlocking stupid, you know, rainbow-colored uh, cow-level stuff? I don't know. Probably. Diablo's never taken themselves that seriously. We have to pay for those with microtransactions. Will they be earnable in-game? We don't know the answer to that. We know that there's a battle pass coming. More on that later. We know a lot of things, but not enough to really comment about it here. I can just say that what my character was picking up and wearing and, 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 and gearing as I played looked incredible. And I think that is awesome. As far as the classes themselves, the sorcerer is kind of the wizard 2.0, um, or, you know, the wizard was kind of sorcerer 2.0 from two. So we're just, you know, a, a magic user, lots of fire, lots of ice, lots of, uh, elemental power and, uh, abilities that sort of support, what you would expect out of a magic caster. I always enjoy those classes. They're always kind of my go-to, the ones I play the most. So I had a blast with the sorcerer. I think the sorcerer is very, very good. And the one thing that is interesting from a gameplay perspective, as it applies to classes, is that I feel like your opportunity to unlock a new ability and start using it is a lot more spaced out than it was in three. In three, it felt like they were coming a little hard and fast. I guess they really weren't, but what was happening is you got an ability. Let's say, I don't know, I'm trying to think of one. I can't think of one. But any Diablo 3 ability, just think of one. Fireball, for example. You'd get Fireball, and then you'd use it for a while. And then another thing would unlock, but it wouldn't be a new ability. It would be a tweak on Fireball, right? The runes, the rune system. So it felt like you were getting new stuff more frequently. And in this it's less so. It's a little back toward what 2 did, a little more like what folks are used to in Path of Exile, a lot less complicated, though. Their, their tech tree in this is way less crazy. Um, but it is a tech tree, and when you go in and choose a new ability, um, it's going to be a while before you have a fully-fledged new ability after that. You've got to unlock other tweaks and passives regarding or relating to the ones you've chosen before you can unlock the next one and so on. Um, I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about that at first, but I've come to, I've come, I've had a come to Jesus moment with it. I think I'm fine with it. It feels pretty good. And the fact that it, unlike two, where when you locked in, you were locked in forever, no matter what you chose, at least initially that game was, I think later they may have maybe like 10 years later, patched in a way to, to respec, but respecking was really not a thing in two three was all about experimenting and changing things out and it cost you nothing to do it. Um, four wants you to pay. It's a bit of a gold sink. It's not much though up through level 20. It's very affordable. That's all we have so far. So we don't know if this is cost prohibitive in the future. 
but gold gold for respec is a thing and the game you know the the game has you pay for that stuff but like i said at like level 17 or something wherever i finished out before the beta ended it was costing me maybe six seven gold to respec an item or to respec one of my passives or something so it wasn't that bad i actually think it's okay but I know it's controversial, and I know some people feel differently, so I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to minimize those opinions. I, I totally get why you may not like the change, but I think this is a happy medium between the chaos that is Path of Exile's spec system and 3, which was, you know, admittedly, as much as I enjoyed it, a much simpler system for abilities and augmenting them and swapping them out. This is a little closer to what, what Diablo 2 was, and I think that's going to make a lot of players happy. A few of you will probably be ticked, I don't know. Anyway, uh, I played also the Rogue. I ended up not playing the Barbarian at all because I just didn't have time. Um, played a bit of the Rogue. I also think the Rogue is pretty rad. I'm usually one to shy away from quote-unquote Rogue characters. I think they're all a little one-note. They're just backstabby and, you know, stealthy. And that's just them. And that's what they do in every game that ever has a Rogue in it. I actually think this Rogue is, you know, in Diablo fashion, as you would expect, very active very poke poke, very shooty shooty, just a, a fun, tight, a fun character to play. So I have a feeling I will have a maxed rogue pretty quickly after this game launches. The two classes I'm most interested in aren't here yet. So uh, we'll see how those guys go next week and I'll certainly uh, reply or uh, do a show all about it. Let's get to story. It's darker, but so far, nothing that's super revolutionary. I'm, I'm mostly impressed with dungeons, side stuff, I don't know if anyone had the butcher spawn and chase them down and kill them, but that happened to me. If you beat him, great. Nice job. I, it surprised me so much I didn't know what to do, and he was hardcore, and he chased me through an entire ice cave before I finally got whipped. And he was remarkably accurate with his chain pull, Blizzard developers. I don't know if that was intentional, but my gosh, freaking Johnny on the spot with that thing, yanking me back, giving me all sorts of heat and trouble. Anyway, that was a nice surprise. Nice to see the butcher again. <laughs> um, I don't know how that story goes. Like, there's some. Qu I have questions about why the butcher's there at all. Is he the butcher? Is he another version? Is he a clone? Is he uh, is some some weird time travel going on? This is like thirty something years after after the last game. So I need. I've killed. I killed the butcher in that game. So explain yourselves. Anyway, that was a lot of fun. But the story's good so far. I mean, I'm not, again, we don't have the full thing and what they are showing looks good, but it's not like it, that part's not going to blow your mind. It is darker. It's a little more, you know. There, I'll say this. There's a church scene. I don't want to spoil it, but there's a scene in a church that you'll need to see, you will see when you play it, that I think really sets the tone for both the story and the game. And uh, that will be the moment where you'll go, am I okay with this direction versus threes? from a story perspective. If that part lands on you and you like it, then you're in good shape because I think the rest of the game is going to feel like that. And that's all I'll say about that. I don't want to spoil it. I really like that scene a lot. Gameplay feels really tight. Animation's next level stuff. It looks, uh, uh, and these character movements are amazing, much more varied than the, than the last game. The, sta the staff casting as a sorcerer really got me. I don't know why, just really stuck with me. Um, I should mention the game, we'll get to control in a second, but the game features a dash move, a bit like the roll move on the console versions of three. The PC never had it, but 
this now has that across the board. Console and PC have a, have a dash move. It has a cooldown, which is a little bit weird, but it also is very useful in fights, especially if you've got a character who's a little bit of a glass cannon and maybe has some abilities that help them be more mobile in the fight. This just adds one more and everyone gets it. So uh, I quite like it a lot. That felt really tight. Um, the entire combat experience in that department anyway, just feels incredibly polished. This is where you can tell they clearly put a lot of love and effort and talent. It is really good, really, really good and satisfying. And, and, you know, depending on your builds and stuff, you are sending demons, shattering them across the ground, exploding them in crazy new ways. Uh, the graphics have been built around making that feel incredible and amazing. And it does. It feels really, really good. Boss fights are unique. They feel crazy as you want them to feel. They feel a lot more like multi-stage World of Warcraft raids, but you can do them solo is the difference. I'm not talking about world bosses, but I mean like, you know, just in the course of the game. Uh, in fact, they even have a health bar with like checkpoints in it now. I thought that was interesting. So instead of just having one big life bar and you figuring out how to kill it, these checkpoints represent phases in the fight, like you might in, a, in an MMO or something. So once you get past phase one, they, they change up their combat and do something new. And some of them have three or four of these phases. And they all those all felt so good to me. They were longer fights than I usually like in Diablo. But there's so much mobility involved now that all of that just felt so good. I wanted more of those. I'm not used to wanting more boss fights. That surprised me. I'm not really a boss fight guy. But because usually it just boils down to, well, I'm almost dead and this is much harder, but really I'm just trying to kill his health pool. These are these, This is different. There's a lot going on in these fights. I think they've learned a lot about that kind of combat at Blizzard and they're applying it here and it feels really good. Elites also feel a lot more varied, not just samey. Uh, in three, it got pretty samey after a while. It's like, oh, these are ones that are doing ice things. And oh, here's the one with the little electro beam things. You got to watch out for those. Don't have a lot of resistance. Like it was sort of the same thing every time. A lot more going on with the elite fights that you just sort of randomly come, come upon in the world. Or, you know, in the case of story, sometimes there's story points that involve them. But it's very, very good. Exploration also feels very good. Map is good. Uh, it's a little less... In fact, I don't, as far as I know, there's no overlay map. I didn't test this entirely. So someone out there may be able to correct me. But you know how you can always, in previous Diablos and most action RPGs, they have a way to like hit tab and the map is overlaid on top of everything. So you're still seeing you in the world, but you're, you're also seeing kind of where your little icon is on the map. Three did that, two did that. I think even one did it. And uh, this just had a map that came up and was a full map a fine map, but I don't think it was letting me uh, see myself through it. That may be changeable or tweakable. I didn't go into the options and check, but that's a thing. Speaking of control, uh, this is the first time where unified controls exist across all platforms. If you plug a mouse and a keyboard into a Series X or a PS5, this game will control using mouse and keyboard controls. If you plug a controller into your PC, this mouse or this uh, this game will let you use that. Uh, you can bounce back and forth on the PC. Uh, I, I suppose you could with the other two anyway. But if you have it all plugged in, whatever you're touching and moving, that's what it'll it'll move to and use. And I am very happy to say that controller support here is excellent. And it is, in fact, my new favorite way to play 
which is good because I do want to play this on my Series X at some point, which means I got to get the game again. But because the game is cross-play and cross-save, all my progress will move back and forth. And if I'm going to be on a controller on one side, I would like to just go and do it easily on the other side as well. So I'm not constantly like changing up my muscle memory to play the game. And I was a little worried about how it would play because mouse and keyboard can have some advantages. It certainly did in three, but I think they thought of this stuff and controller feels so good. Oh my gosh, I cannot recommend it enough. Get a PS4 controller, uh, uh, the Xbox controller, anything. I use an 8-bit do layout or a controller that's laid out like an Xbox controller. That thing's awesome for it as well. doesn't matter. Works flawlessly, no issues. And they didn't do like a whole new interface for it on the PC. It's the same interface. So you're not like, oh my gosh, what am I doing here in this weird new interface? It's all the same. Inventory looks the same. They've just made some really smart, navigatable choices with controller that I'm very pleased with. So that's really good. The only complaint I have about the graphics in the game, which I'll talk about next, is I think the UI is a little on the sparse side. And by sparse, I mean just not their usual jazzed up sexy art for some of the elements of it. Like the action bar down there between the health and the, and the mana balls, it just looks standard. There's nothing about that that makes you go, ooh, look at the intricate art around those and the weird gargoyle underneath holding the ball up or any of that stuff. It's just kind of standard. And I kind of wish that was better. It's all fine, serviceable, works 100%, no issues. It's just, I don't know. I'm, I'm used to some flourish there. Maybe it's because the, the world is so nice, which I'll now talk about. It's a beautiful game. Admittedly, I'm running this on a, RTX 3090 on the PC side. Uh, you know, your your experience may vary there. A lot of people were complaining about memory leaks and performance issues because of those memory leaks. And there was, I think, some confirmation or something from Blizzard or someone that, that knew of a potential memory leak that was happening. Their consoles seem to uh, perform well, though, by all reports. Haven't heard any issues there. 60 frames, you know, beautiful, no issues. Uh the the 3090 ran without a flaw for me. I didn't have any issues that were related to the PC side of it. Um, I had some issues. We'll get into those later, but but they had nothing to do with me. They were all server side. So yeah, if you've got you know anywhere between any of the three series to four series of uh, of NVIDIA cards or something equivalent from AMD, you're going to be fine. It's it's beautiful. Oh my gosh, the game looks so nice. Like just, you know, the darker tone certainly helps, but the lighting's insane. The effects, the death, uh, the, uh, the explosions of gore and guts is amazing. The blood looks better. Uh, the combat just looks crazy. Tons of characters on screen at once. No issues. At least, again, not with my card. And I'm running everything at max uh, at 14, 1440p. And... um yeah, I don't know what I'll say about that. I just think it looks amazing. It looks so good. It looks really good. All of it. No complaints. Open world um, issues. I didn't mind seeing other players. It was a little game breaking when you're, you'd are you be in town and someone named uh, uh, Sex with Jigglypuff 99 would walk by. <laughs> I mean, like, okay. Well, that's not really, that's not really keeping my mind in sanctuary, is it? 
you know? Uh, also, it seemed like Blizzard didn't have any rules in place or not very good rules in place for stopping some pretty horrific name <laughs> names that people are giving themselves. Uh, or giving me a tool to lock any of that out. Some real racial stuff is like, oh boy, how'd you get away with that? But anyway, that bugged me a little. You can turn off player nameplates though, so I don't have to see their names. And here's the truth. I only saw extra people while I was in town. I never saw anybody outside of it. Maybe one out running around near town or something or in, you know, similar level as me, but it didn't feel like MMO crowded at all, which I think they're doing on purpose because they don't want us all to freak out about this game going in the MMO direction that it is clearly going in. Whether you like it or not, that is where this is headed but they don't want it to feel like that, where it's just a bunch of clowns dancing on mailboxes. They want it to feel like a, you know, they want to keep that tone there. And I and I think so far, if this is what I can expect from launch, I, I don't know. But even in the big town where everyone can congregate, I didn't feel overwhelmed or cra too crowded. I didn't have the lag issues people were having there. So it seemed fine. The uh, boss events, which I was only able to witness one of them, because they were timed and only happened certain times a day and it was just hard to get in there. Those were a little crazy. That got a little nuts. You could see some lag. I didn't feel like I was lagging, but I felt like everybody around me was. So I guess that is me lagging. I don't know. But it didn't feel that bad. And I feel like that will just get better and get tweaked and, and we'll be fine. Um, I think of Diablo, like I was talking to John Jagger about this. We think of this game as kind of a solo game. I play it like I do Metroid. You know, it's me versus the world. That's how I've always played Diablo. Occasionally, you know, good friends or something will get in and play some co-op, but I'm not, that is not really how I want to play Diablo and never has been. So I'm not really interested kind of at all in the multiplayer aspects of the game. I know some people are super stoked, no shade in your direction. It's just not my thing. But so far it feels very not intrusive. I, I think I can exist in this just fine. And I'll probably be in, we'll have a clan for core or for this show or something. And we'll, you know, we'll take advantage of those features, but none of that felt required. And that made me happy. So that was pretty cool. Some other beta issues. The queues, of course, were horrible at first. That got better over the weekend. Uh, by the time I was playing on Sunday and there were the most people in, they had pretty much solved it. People were getting in right away. There were not issues. So they, they scaled themselves and got that working right. Um, some weird NPC glitches. I had some guys spinning around. There's a weird rubber banding effect when you try to zone in busier places uh, or larger places where you would try to walk and it would pull you backward, kind of slide you back and you couldn't move for a bit and then finally it'd let you through. So it's like zoning into a new instance or something. I, I'm sure that's not only fixable, but we'll probably won't even notice it next week. I don't know. Hopefully not at launch, but it was a little annoying. Uh, lots of getting kicked. When I first got in, I played for 33 minutes before I got booted. The server went down, and it looked like my character was lost. Uh, it wasn't. I got him later, and it was fine. Um, but other things you might expect with the beta, this has limited quest lines. Some of the side stuff's not playable in this version. Um, I, you can't. Yeah, there's no horse. I don't think you get the horse yet, although I didn't hit 20 yet, so I don't know. I'll find out next weekend, I guess. But I don't think you get the horse yet, so no horses. Lots of hints in the game about where you're going to get horses, but you don't get a horse. Technically, you ride in on a horse, and then it immediately gets taken away and killed. It's not a spoiler. That's already in a trailer, but anyway. 
Uh, also, some copy and paste gear in some cases. That that's a little not concerning, but I kind of wish I don't know. I wish I had seen more breadth of artwork there. I, I got two or three legendaries in a row that were a staff, and they were the exact same skin, even though they were totally had different names, different stats, different everything. I wasn't re-rolling the same three sword or uh, same three weapons. It just it just didn't give me any variety. I know that'll change because the game is based on variety of of gear. So. It always has been, so I'm, I'm not worried about that. But that was something I noticed. As far as next week's hopes, I mean, Necro, Druid, they are both unlocked. I'll play a ton of that, uh, hoping these server issues are lessened. Uh, I hope they learn a ton from this so that when things come to launch in June, we're, we're, in, we're in Fat City. A few unknowns we don't know. We don't know when microtransactions or, you know, if they kick in at all or what they look like. We don't know uh, how that battle pass works. Is it the only thing you pay for? Can you buy skins without it? Like, we don't know any of this stuff, and they haven't been very forthcoming with some of it, so who knows? We also don't know how the ultimate endgame looks like and plays or how this story pans out. So there are things we don't know coming up, but um, nothing nothing game-breaking. Everything feels like it's all on track. Here's my grade so far. Um, it's not going to surprise anyone based on what I just said, and, and maybe I'm too biased because this is my favorite game series of all time, but I am a 10 out of 10 on this this far. Or thus far, even with the beta issues, I know what those are. So it's not that, you know, I expected it, but this is clearly going to rule my life when it hits in June. It's all I'm going to want to do. Productivity is going to be at an all time low. And I'm a little nervous about it, but I can't wait. Scott, you want the best Steam Deck experience for Diablo 4 that doesn't involve installing Windows on your deck? Check out PlayStation Remote Play. There's a Steam Deck app called Chiaki. Check it out. Yeah, so this is, uh, thank you for that. I'd, I'd heard of this, or doing this instead of worrying about getting Windows on there, but um, I'm not playing this on PlayStation. I'll end up with this on, my I think, my Series X instead of my PS5, I think. I mean, if I end up doing that, yeah, I could play that way. Right now, it's the PC version, obviously. So if I was going to do anything, I'd have to do it there. But I talked to a couple of people who are running Steam Deck versions of Diablo 4's beta without Windows. They're doing it with something else. And I got to... What I need to do is put feelers out and ask people what they've done and how they did it. I know there's some tutorials laying around. Is there a definitive one? I would really prefer not to run Windows on the Steam Deck to achieve this. I have not attempted any Windows-based stuff outside of what Steam does, obviously, with Windows emulation, but um, there's got to be a better way. But apparently, once you get that thing up and running, it's smooth as pie. So I would imagine, if you want to do it natively, there'll be a way. It may not be the most convenient way, but there will be a way. If you want to do it remote, then the PS remote stuff works really well. And I would think the same with the Xbox. I assume the Xbox uh, remote stream stuff they do is, would work as well should be identical. So I'm not worried, not worried there really about once I get that version, I'll be able to do that. But I would love to have it just on the deck. Oh my gosh, dude. I'd never leave bed. I'd never get out of bed again. My wife might look for a different human. I don't know that I felt more pathos in a Diablo game than looking at the frozen forms of a families huddled together near Inarius's hideout in the fractured peaks. 
All right. This comes from an anonymous listener who sent that in, and I am with you there. The feeling up there in general? Like I talked about tone earlier. It's so good. Oh, my gosh. They really they really have, like, I don't know, tripled down on what makes a game like this as immersive as possible. I mean, at the end of the day, you're kind of the whole game plays out in drone footage because you're you're way above everybody's head. But how this game like does cut down to cutscenes, gets up and, you know, up front and personal with these characters here and there. And even when it just does like common stuff like all the UI goes away and the camera sort of hovers a bit and you have some dialogue, the voice acting's incredible. There's some really great actors in this. A bunch of Game of Thrones people are lending their voices to this. And yeah, it just makes this much more immersive, really brings out, you know, the guts of what you're doing. Whereas most of the time in the past, anyway, these games have felt a little, you know, the story's there, but really it's just about the numbers going up. And while the numbers are going up, I'm way more invested in what I'm seeing. So uh, good, good call on that one. Hey, Scott, Alan here. Just spent a great night with my wife and a bottle of wine playing D3 on the PlayStation. Talking about Diablo 4 and getting a PS5 to play it, we were wondering if the console version of 4 will have the same co-op play feature that 3 has. I don't recall seeing anything about it. Thanks. Well, uh, Alan, I don't remember either. And actually, okay, so quick quick note. I think I may have played this or a call like this, or this is a text transcribed, but I think I've read or played this before, uh, at least something similar, because... I swear we've answered it before we tried to, but I don't think I had a good answer then. And I still don't have a good one now because I didn't play that version of the beta and I haven't checked anywhere. So if anyone out there played console, one of the console versions of the, of this beta and were able to successfully have couch co-op, um, let us know how it worked. Did it split screen? Did it keep both characters in screen at the same time all the time, the way that Diablo did it. Did the camera pan out as you got further from each other to some limit? That's how it worked for three. I got to think that's there, but I don't know. So I put it out to the world. All right. If you played the console version of the game, where did you end up? All right, that is going to do it for this episode of The Diablo Show. Man, season two, episode seven. You know, there's only eight episodes this season. So we'll have another episode to talk about the second phase of the beta, which happens next week. And then uh, we'll talk about what season three is going to be all about and when it will be. Um, The answer is soon. I'm so bullish on this game, I can barely stand it. You guys. Is it clear how excited I am? Have I made that clear? (laughs) If I haven't, Please take it from the bottom of my heart when I say, I'm pretty sure this is going to be something special. It's not going to please everyone, but it's going to please me. Frogpants.com slash Diablo is the website for this show. The Diablo show at gmail.com if you'd like to email me. And if you want to send texts and voicemails, you can do that as well to 801-471-0462. You can also find me at... uh, Diablo show on Twitter 
I'm also at Scott Johnson. Patreon.com slash frogpants for those looking to support the show. That'd be really nice of you. And uh, if you haven't done it yet, please join the Discord. Lots of talk happening in there right now. And uh, it's for the entire Frog Pants Network, but there's a whole little section there just for the Diablo show. You can find it at frogpants.com slash discord or on the Diablo page itself. Wherever you want to find it, it's yours for the finding. That's going to do it. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. Get more podcasts like this at frogpants.com.